Now, as you're well aware at this point, uh, Israelis woke on the last day of the Jewish high holidays to the wail of sirens as Hamas and Islamic Jihad fired thousands of rockets from Gaza and armed militants broke down the high-tech barrier surrounding the Gaza Strip to enter Israel, shooting and taking hostages. Now, the latest on this is that Israel has retaken control of the Gaza border fence and is planting mines in the parts where the barrier was toppled. Now, there's photographs all over the newspapers today that are very, very unfortunate indeed, where little children, little girls, in fact, pictured all over the newspapers today, um, looking terrified and indeed in one case as well, a little girl being pulled from the rubble. Uh, Sinn Féin activist and a member of the Ireland-Palestine Solidarity Campaign, Dean McGrath, is just back from a trip to Palestine and he joins me now. Good morning to you, Dean. Good morning, Fred, how are you? And good morning I'm, to your listeners. I'm very well indeed. You're, you're back a relatively short time, aren't you? Yeah, well, I, I suppose I was there uh, for in September and I would have arrived back in Ireland after going to uh, some other countries last week. So, yeah, it's all very real for me now. Um, mm. It's all very real in terms of what I... We went, um, myself and my partner, we went to the Occupied West Bank um, after I had been there. Obviously, I was I was uh, in Wichita last time. Yes. Um, and I visited uh, human right, the human rights organisations, met friends of mine, you know, um, talked to people about the situation there. We also did touristy things that I mightn't have gotten to do the first time. And again, the hospitality I was treated with by the Palestinian uh, people uh, when I was there was immense. So to hear, I suppose, this news, um, yeah, it's 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 heartbreaking for me personally. You know, any loss of life, particularly where innocent people are concerned, is absolutely atrocious. What what happened in Israel? I'm sure most right-thinking uh, people would be horrified by. Uh, but uh, it's a strange thing to say, but if we leave that aside just for a moment, what do you make of the rhetoric sense? What are you making of what's being said globally? It, it, it's horrendous. And actually, I, I think it's a global de- dehumanization of Palestinians um, in many ways, because you can, the, the, I suppose the crux of it is Palestine has been under an illegal Israeli occupation. For 75 years, people have faced ethnic cleansing, mass murder, a blockade for 15 years in Gaza. They've seen their lands taken from them, especially in the West Bank. Their land has been fragmented. So that's all the context here. That context is completely lost in a lot of the media reporting we're having. And it's absolutely heartbreaking to see civilians on whatever side that might be of the green line killed taken hostage, whatever the case may be, again, we have to apply international law equally. But the condemnation that has been reigned on the entire populace of Palestine, from the EU, from the Americans, again, the state of Israel has described, and the defence minister, Gallant, has described the Palestinians as human animals. There has to be a better way. And the way that we get around this is by going to the UN Charter and applying international law equally. It's about ending the illegal occupation and fragmentation of Palestinian land. And it's about ending the apartheid system. People are talking about the amount of hostages that Hamas have taken. And it's heartbreaking. Obviously, civilians being taken hostages is against the rules of law. But also, the occupier, Israel, has under international law has full, absolutely full um, responsibility to keep civilians safe in terms of their occupation. What we have seen and what the Palestinian people 
have seen for 75 years civilians being killed by the likes of Israeli airstrikes. And I have some of the stats, Fran. I hope you don't mind me just throwing it out mm. there. That the human cost... I'll go back to 2008, and there's been multiple bombardments of Gaza since. Palestinians accounted for 6,407 deaths from 2008 to 2023, prior to this latest, uh, this latest round of aggression and hostilities. There was 152,000 Palestinians injured. The Israeli deaths in the same time was 308 people with 6,000 injured. And I don't want to see anybody dying. Yes, and one death is yeah. one too many. One, but, I don't but, want to yeah. see anybody dying. Yes. But let's give the actual context here, that this is on, occurring under the context of an illegal occupation, and this violence is absolutely horrendous. And the reason that this level of violence is occurring because of the silence of the international mm. community, because they have given the message to ordinary Palestinians that their lives matter less than, there is, than the Israelis that live on the other side right. of the besieged and, wall. And tell me about that. And of course, it's also important to point out, Dean, I'm sure you'll agree, that not all Palestinians are Hamas. But you can understand why people might be attracted to Hamas yes. because of the situation. Is that is that what you're saying? To the me? vacuum. And I, 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 let me put it on. I'm a secularist. I wouldn't do well as a lefty socialist with Hamas. But... If you deprive, as I would have said before, if you leave a political vacuum, the leadership from the Palestinian Authority has been blocked it, at every level. People feel totally disenchanted with it. They feel like the political process has not worked because since a political settlement was reached 30 years ago, Israel has not complied with dismantling any illegal settlements. In, case, in, in actual fact, they've expanded the illegal settlements and they haven't ended the occupation. So when there's a total vacuum, when people living under apartheid, they're drawn into extremist groups, they're drawn into fundamentalist groups, they're drawn into any militant group, and armed struggle then becomes the only way because politics isn't working. And again, I'm not, I'm not here to say that I, I'm a complete expert on what's happening here, but from my lived experiences, from the people that I met, from the things that I have seen, the oppression was palpable and while most people reacted in total surprise I was very surprised about the level of what of what mm. happened but they've been we've been warning about this for years friend but but help me to understand this because I I just don't get it at all Hamas must have known that the retaliation would have been just mm. devastating and it looks certainly to be that way certainly. now yeah um so why 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 do it? I mean, why? I, we had and look from from my point of view, I can tell you from my learned experience, and from the people that I know and people from Gaza, people are saying we're dying anyway. We're ninety seven percent of drinking water in Gaza is undrinkable. Fifty six percent of people are living in poverty. Sixty four percent of the youth are unemployed. Eighty percent are reliant on international aid, which the EU threatened to pull yesterday. Seventy percent of the people in Gaza are refugees. They're di- they, they've been bombarded with airstrikes. They've been bombarded with a besieged... 2.2 million people can't get in or out of the Gaza, Gaza Strip. So there's little to live for, what, and, and they see a glory in, in dying then. Is that, it, is that it, there as well? I, th- I, think, I think in terms of, I suppose, fundamentalism, what you'll say is people will say, we're going to go out and blood sacrifice. Well, you, you will get that, certainly, and you, so there will be some of that there. But also you'll see Palestinians saying, we will die fighting this occupation and at a certain point 
any resistance, any yes. call to resistance becomes more attractive than living in subjugation under occupation. Right. Can we just repeat what we said at the very top yeah. because people are texting us in. No no life should be lost. No life I mean, should be and, lost. And any life that is lost from either side is absolutely horrendous and awful. Let's make that yes. quite clear. We're, we're putting things in perspective. In, today, absolutely that's in perspective. What we're talking about. Is it fair to say that the Irish government, by comparison to other governments, I mean, they, they deserve a bit of a tap on the back for how they've done Now, I know it's measured. Yeah, it was measured. Subtled, but but still, it, mean, it was you know. it was progressive in the context of I suppose what the likes of Ursula von der Leyen would have said that would have given carte blanche to the occupation forces, you yes. know. And just in case anybody is um, querying my position or your position or anyone's position, I fundamentally believe that we need a ceasefire. Mm. I believe that we need international apply, law applied equally on both sides, and I think we need the UN to go in there. Yes and the international community to get behind an actual constructive yes, and peace. And in fairness, Michal Martin came out pretty much straight away and said that, that that needed to happen. But there were very few other voices talking peace. Certainly. And um, what I what I see in the coverage is more people are concerned about condemning Palestinians, condemn, 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 as if the condemnations over the past 75 years have done anything to achieve peace. And really we have to see for ourselves that the peace process here needs international... It's like, look, would there have been a peace process in the North if people hadn't negotiated and the international community hadn't rocked in behind those negotiations? I would say that there probably would not have been. This is what we need to have happened here. There was a peace agreement signed. The peace agreement has been disrespected every single day since it was signed. The Palestinians continue to live in subjugation, but any killing of civilians, any killing of civilians is a war crime. Killing of civilians cannot be justified by anybody and nobody should try to attempt that. Talk to me a little bit about Netanyahu and his particular government. I mean, right-wing, to say the least. Yes. Yeah. And, yes. and what about that? I mean, that naturally would make him hawkish anyway, I suppose, wouldn't a, it? A hundred percent. And I suppose, let's look at it. When I was... Uh, like, Smotrich is, the, is, is another Knesset member and he said that the village of Huara, which is in the uh, northern West Bank, should be wiped off the map not by uh, settlers taking it into their own hands, or they, he said it should be wiped off the map by the IDF, by the Israeli Defence Forces. We have the, we have the Minister for Defence calling people human animals, depriving them of food, water, electricity. There's hospitals that are being deprived. When their generators run out, what's going to happen? Do they think that this is going to work? Has this ever worked before? Do they think that this is going to end the conflict? Do they think that the, that the total destruction of the civilian population of Gaza is going to somehow finish this entire occupation for them? It won't. It really, really won't. We need a peace agreement. We need the UN Charter to be applied equally. And the failure of the international community has been not to act under international law. And for the occupation forces of Israel, they haven't been sanctioned by, by international law. We've, we heard Biden come out and said, we always have Israel's back, regardless. Mm. You can. How can we have a peace agreement if there isn't neutral parties in there that just want to mediate that peace? There is no solution here that will go well for the Palestinians based on what mm. happened. I know that. I think part of the problem, Dean, not to be patronising to people, but it's very complex. 
sure. what, what, what's happening out yeah. there. And maybe with a lack of understanding of it, of course you jump to a conclusion that what happened was absolutely atrocious, there were, particularly with the young people at the at the music event. I mean, uh, for 100%. God's sake, what, what happened there was just, yeah. I mean, uh, beyond the beyond. Wh- 100% and what you're dealing with, and this is the thing, that people are very emotional and they're hearing, and of course they are. How could you not be when you're seeing those pictures? Yes, and you heard the Irish the Irish woman speaking yeah, ab- about her absolutely. daughter being uh, abducted. A- and, absolutely, know. horrendous. Yeah. But also, let's put this into context as well. The Palestinian people have suffered this with very little media attention. I've, there's been thousands of Palestinians, as I said, six, six and a half thousand Palestinian deaths since 2008. You know what I mean? Like the Palestinian people have suffered a horrendous occupation and the silence from the international community is just as complicit in all of this as everything else. We need a genuine peace process. We need a genuine ceasefire. We need to end the occupation and end the apartheid system that keeps Palestinians living in subjugation. What does it say about the Israeli intelligence um, systems? And, I mean, often recognised as some of the very, very best in the world. Yes. How did this happen? Uh, uh, speaking on my own behalf, I thought that, that was what happened was impossible. I when, I when I was in the West Bank um, recently... Um, again, there was an intensica- intensification in kind of uh, settler violence. There was, I, I suppose, plans for 6,300 more homes in the occupied West Bank taking Palestinian land. Um, it, it just felt so tense and everything. But in the West Bank, I genuinely feel like it's like you can't move, you know. So for me to even think that this was possible in Gaza, that is under total besiegement. Like, I can't go to Gaza if I want to, unless I'm on an aid mission or get special permissions through the UN. I probably won't be allowed in. I, I couldn't see that it was conceivable. I genuinely didn't think that it was possible. Because mm, my understanding was that Hamas was infiltrated yeah. by Israeli intelligence. I, I, and, you know. yeah, and, and and look, as I said, I'm no expert on uh, the intelligence services there. I, I genuinely can't believe that what happened happened I, I, it, it, but at the same time I mean that in from a security point of view but then you're asking me am I surprised that something like this happened in the context no because they've been warning of it actually the um, the Palestinian envoy to the UN warned that there will be a dramatic escalation and he's from the Palestinian Authority side and again no friend of Hamas but he said the way things are going the desecration of holy sites both Christian and um, we saw horrific videos of um fundamentalist settlers yes. spitting on Christian worshippers yeah. and I suppose Muslim worshippers being beaten by guards in, in the Alaska mosque in Jerusalem like there was it was a, we all felt it was something was going to come but am I surprised at the sheer uh, I, I, I don't know about the magnitude of what happened. Yes, I am. And in terms of the triggering of, of this, I mean, the moves by Netanyahu to sort of ingratiate himself with other Arab states, I'm thinking particularly yeah. of Saudi Arabia, uh, and, for example, what, did that play a part in this? I think I think that, especially Saudi Arabia, a lot of Palestinians felt like their traditional allies, which were other um, Arabic states, yes. were normalising ties, and as such, with, with the state of Israel which was actually normalising the occupation because since 1967, the resolutions are there that, you know, comp- uh, compels in, via the UN Israel to withdraw from Palestinian land. So they've been going on and facing this. So they felt like, and I, I don't know that it have an impact. It, it, it probably did, but I was very surprised to see it as well, you know. Um, mm. I, I just think that in terms of uh, the hypocrisy of it, and then, look, I, I, I get, I'll get the usual kind of stuff and saying that, um, and a lot of people, as Palestinian people, made the point to me when I was there, um, and this is coming from Palestinians, that 
the West, I suppose, the West views um, uh, the illegal occupation of Ukrainian land and Ukrainian right to resist is fundamental and is supplying the Ukrainians with copious amount of military hardware and weapons. That's the EU, that's the US. And they're saying, we're under occupation. We've been under occupation for 75 years. Why are we terrorists? Why are we subjugated? Why don't our lives matter as much? Is it because we're brown? Is it because we're Arab? What is it? And I, me, I'm at pains to say, well, to me, I said every life is precious, every life is equal, and that, and that I would view an illegal occupation of Ukrainian land the same as I'd view an illegal occupation of Palestinian land, and that's the way that I view it. But they don't feel that from the West. They feel alone. They feel cut off. And can you blame them really when you look at how long this has gone on and the level of violence and the level of increasing violence that happened? The PLO laid down its arms almost 30 years ago. The Palestinian land has, has been decimated in the West Bank through illegal settlements, illegal under international law, and, de- and recognises de facto annexation by the Irish government. Yet, what action has anybody actually taken against the Israeli occupation? What action economically, via sanctions, via boycott, via the Occupied Territory Bill? What have we done? What have Ireland done? We've made great statements. We've been a, vo- a friend for Palestine at the EU in many cases, of course we have. Mm. But what action has happened? I, th- I think part of it is um, that if, if you're anti-Israel or critiquing Israel, you seem to be anti-Semitic. Yeah. And that's very a very powerful of label. Of course it is. That's okay. a very powerful label. Uh, of course it is. And, and like, uh, the first thing that most Palestinians um, that, I, that I've certainly met will tell you is that they don't have anything against Jewish people whatsoever. Well, Hamas does. Again, that's the Palestinians I was talking to. Hamas, no, certainly. But the people that I was talking to, what they want is, and again, I suppose they would have been more from a left-wing persuasion in the West Bank. Um, Most people I've talked to don't have anything against, but it's the occupation. And then what happens is people start to conflate the occupation with Jews and start hating Jews because of the occupation. And that's horrendous. Anti-Semitism is a vile, toxic ideology. The Jewish people suffered horrendously and when I went to um, after we were in Palestine uh, I went to Albania and I went to Serbia and there was monuments for you know the, the, the Jews that were shipped off to concentration camps yes. and murdered yeah. and, the, and the Holocaust is, an, is this abominable thing and denial of such is an abominable thing it's horrendous but let's look at this the, hol- the Holocaust what happened that absolutely nobody can dispute that what's happening now is more to do with an occup is more to do with the Israeli occupation and illegal occupation of Palestinian lands than it is for Jews than it is for hating Jews. Do you know what I find particularly sad is that I'm old enough to remember in the 1990s the great hope for Palestine. Mm. I mean, you know, there was 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 progress happening there. There yeah. was a possibility of building up tourism there. Businesses were flocking there. It was yeah. going to be seen as the Singapore yeah. of, of the Middle East. And, and it just all went, went, it did. went pear-shaped, you know? As I said, in terms of... But, of the course, there was some pr- corruption there, involved of course. In, in, in the government at the time, uh, and, and that played part. Uh, of course it did. And I suppose, like, what, what we're looking at is the main part and the main issue is that when this peace agreement was signed, so the, so they were so the PLO laid down their arms, they committed to a political means to achieve it. Um, the agreement was that uh, Israel would end its occupation, and that there would be no further expansion of illegal colonial settlements that are illegal under international law. So those two things didn't happen. What actually happened was the apartheid system became worse. What happened was that the ex- settlements increased. 
the people of Gaza and people need to understand 70% of them are refugees out of the Nakba. So around Gaza, people were displaced forcibly by militias in that particular instance, in that displacement of people and were forced into this open air concentration camp. Were you surprised that your party leader, um, Mary Lou, she she was, well, I, I, I want to choose my words carefully, but, uh, you know, it was a, a vigorous interview on, on national radio yesterday, yeah. and mainly it was pointing out that one of the Sinn Féin TDs had expressed some of the views that you have. He mm. spoke about a balanced conversation yes. in some way. Uh, were you surprised that, that, that there was a gotcha moment? Um, on RT? Unfortunately not, because people don't want to talk about the issues. People are more interested in about a tweet than we are talking about a last and peace process. Um, so no, I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised at all. I think that we need to have a more nuanced debate on this and that, uh, and that we condemn the occupation, we condemn Israeli apartheid, we condemn civilian deaths on both sides of the Green Line, if that's what people want to talk about it. But people want to condemn, it's a different thing, what they're asking people to do is condemn Palestinians en masse. Yeah. Were, you, were you surprised that the UK no <laughs> approach to this no uh, no no um, I wasn't um, actually Jeremy Corbyn um, Jeremy Corbyn came out with a balanced statement condemning the attacks and calling for peace um, so he was naturally vilified as a yeah. you know as a as a warmonger like I, I don't want war I'm anti-war I come from an anti-war point of view the only way that will end this mm. horrendous situation is by ending the occupation and by actually applying international law equally on both sides. All right. Dean, really good to see you today. And great thank, great thanks, to see you, Frank. Thanks very much indeed for coming into us today. And that's Dean McGrath with us uh, today. And uh, Dean, of course, is a Sinn Féin activist and a member of the Ireland Palestine Solidarity Campaign. News and information is on the way. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.